Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 337th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54 to 53, North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! They're on the way to Worthy! Worthy 5! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber, front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. Front court, Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head, long outside shot. Short, rebounded. May, it's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72, and how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national dadgum champions. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school, I really would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh here with you on this Friday ahead of Carolina's home game against Virginia Tech. That game will come your way on Saturday at 2 p.m., and it'll be televised on the ACC network. We're here today to recap another press conference delivered by the head coach, Hubert Davis. Look over the, the history and, and go over some notes in the the, the, the series with the Hokies and um, to really get you fully prepared for an important home game for Carolina tomorrow afternoon. But we start this edition of the podcast, as we always do, with our pod thought of the day. And we've used it once. We've used it twice. We'll use it here, and we'll use it moving forward. A simple message from Coach Smith, um, one that, of course, Carolina fans and really people around the world hear virtually every day in their lives. And the pod thought is, quote, you should never be proud of doing the right thing. You should just do the right thing. And a simple concept that myself, everybody could be much better at applying to their everyday lives. Let's now set the scene a little bit more before we get to Hubert Davis's press conference. As I mentioned, Carolina at home this weekend, they'll host Virginia Tech. Um, and this is a team and a program that Carolina has experienced a lot of success against. They are 72 and 17 all-time against the Hokies. They are 19-7 and seven, uh, against Virginia Tech since they joined the league back in the mid-2000s. In Chapel Hill, they are 33-6, and six, including being 8-1 and one, um, in the Smith Center. That lone loss to the Hokies came back in the 2000 
in seven seasons. So this is an opponent that Carolina has had a lot of success against. This is an opponent that traditionally gets up for Carolina and plays Carolina extremely tough, but they will have their uh, hands full tomorrow with the veteran Virginia Tech team that is looking for a win to maybe jumpstart a potential late run at an NCAA tournament berth. And so with that, we'll transition to Hubert Davis's press conference. He met with the media early today, um, earlier today, as he does before every weekend game, whether it's uh, at home or on the road. And the first piece of sound we'll play for you guys will actually revisit the Syracuse game. And one of the things I talked about was I, I was pleased and I liked the the idea of Elliot Cadeau being at the free throw line to attack the 2-3 zone. And Hubert Davis has asked why they liked that and what they saw from that on Tuesday night. Well, I mean, he's he's gifted in terms of distributing and that, you know, when you against a zone, you know, that that's a playmaking position to be. And so that being said, it'd be nice to have a, a, a really good playmaker in that in that spot. And so putting him there in the middle of the zone just, you know, allowed our shooters to be able to be spaced. Armando to work around the basket, you know, from short corner to short corner. And I felt like we got good shots. Uh, Um, uh, with Elliott in the middle there. He's not lying. Carolina got what they were looking for. They they, they got good looks. You got some some good high-low action down to Mondo. You were able to kick it out for three. Carolina made 12 three-pointers in the loss at Syracuse on Tuesday night. But as I mentioned when we recapped the loss, um, the, the thing that... Uh, he struggled with because of his size was ability to consistently dump the ball down low to Armando. And then whenever Syracuse would double out of the zone, their length would really just impact his ability to pass out of a double team. And so I think it's something that I love the idea. Uh, I, I love the the aspect. I, I love what Huber Davis wanted to accomplish and what they accomplished at times. But there is a there is a size limitation whenever you put him there over a guy like Harrison Ingram who has, you know, eight, nine, ten inches over Elliott. And so that's got to be something that uh, Hubert Davis is mindful of the next time they see zone, which very well could be in this game. Um, we, we talked about it uh, going or coming out of the game. Given Carolina's inconsistent ability to to attack the zone, you, you, you expect to see a lot more zone looks the rest of the way. Another thing that Carolina has struggled to do um, in this in this five game uh, funk, and really the last month or so of the season as a whole, is close games out the right way. Um, even in the winning streak, you were you were winning, you were closing the games more on the defensive end than you were on the offensive end by putting the ball in the basket. We've seen the the, the, the rotation get shorter in conference play. That's always an expectation and a given, but we've even got to see the point now where maybe only one reserve is playing double-digit minutes and your other guys off the bench are playing five to six minutes. This leads you to believe that maybe Carolina has ran into an issue with tired legs. Considering all the travel and such, um, it is a possibility. And Heber Davis was asked if fatigue has played a role in their inability to close games out here as of recent. 
think, you know, it's, it is a long season. And, I, you know, one of the things that I've told them that, you know, you have to enjoy how hard it is to individually and as a team to be successful. If it was easy, everybody would do it. And, you know, it's, you know, you've got travel, you've got classes, you've got practice, you've got games. You've, there's a number of things going on. Uh, to me, those um, are factors, but it's not a factor of um, down the stretch um, being able to execute what you need to do on both ends of the floor. You know, uh, just because we travel to Miami and to Syracuse doesn't stop us from boxing out and talking on defense and, you know, taking care of the basketball, getting to the free throw line, making free throws. Um, I don't think those contribute at all. I think just down the stretch um, in some games over the last couple of weeks, uh, the discipline and the details, the little small things that you have to have consistently in order to finish games um, just hasn't been there. And that's something that we have to return to. A big reason why Carolina hasn't been able to close games out is they've turned the ball over too much. 70-70 against Clemson, three straight turnovers. You're down four the other night, and you turn the ball over on three of your next five possessions. It's hard to it's hard to win games. It's hard to come back from deficits if you can't get a shot off, and, and that's something that, especially the other night, very uh, frustrating and very concerning. Given how old Carolina is, the fifth oldest roster in the country, headlined by a 25 year old and a 24 year old, that being Cormac Ryan and Armando Baycott, and Coach Davis was asked, how do you go about addressing turnovers with such a veteran-laden squad? I mean, I think there's a number of things. One, you know, um, um, you know, I always say, uh, uh, and got this from Coach Smith, uh, a mistake is good when you, you know, recognize it, admit it, learn from it, and grow from it. And so, you know, being able to watch tape and being able to see it, address it, talk about it, uh, be able to practice it, you know, and practice every day. Every time that we practice, we practice three minutes down the stretch in, in different situations and getting them to understand how important it is, not just in the last minutes of the game, but the entire game, but specifically the last three or four minutes, how important it is to not have those turnovers, not have a missed box out, not have a, 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 you know, a late shot clock foul where you're putting them on a free throw line, just getting loose balls, not getting the ball taken from you, just different stuff stuff like that and how that plays a part in our success and also highlighting where we have done that and how it has contributed to our success this year. So being able to see it on, from both sides and, um, and hopeful that we can learn from it and understand it and grow from it. You know, I said after the Syracuse game that this team has looked unprepared at the under four minute mark in some of these games which would be a direct reflection of your head coach, but seeing as Hubert Davis played for Coach Smith and was an assistant under Coach Williams, you know that's not the case. And as he just mentioned right there in that soundbite, they practice three-minute situations every day in practice. Um, so there's something that's being drilled. It's something that's being worked on. But the fact that they haven't shown improvement, I do think is, is cause for concern. And if you're like Anthony, who has kind of gotten off the the idea that this team can win an ACC regular season title and make a deep run in the NCAA tournament, you look at that and say, yeah, that might be a reason why. Um, and so I think it's something that, you know, the, the coaching staff is mindful of, they're aware of, 
you just got to keep working. You got to keep getting at it. And hopefully at some point for this group, it, it connects. And that experience shows up in a big way, in a big spot, um, because you expect Carolina to be in, in, in close games here down here down the stretch. Another thing that Carolina has done here recently is settle for perimeter shots as opposed to getting to the foul line. And Hubert Davis talked about re-emphasizing them getting to and living at the free throw line. No, it's four out of the last, you know, five games we've taken more threes than 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 free throws. That's just that's just not going to work. That's something that I emphasize every day, whether it's practice or a game, that we want to dominate points in the paint through post penetration, offensive rebound. We want to live in the paint, live at the free throw line. And so, for us, we've gotten to the free throw line more than anybody in the ACC because of our persistence to attack the basket and get to the paint. That's a big key for us offensively. It's a big key for us in our success. And so that's something that um, that has to change and we have to get back to. Look, if this was a elite three-point shooting team, Dinky would live with them shooting from the outside. They're not elite. They're, they're average. You know, you've got good three-point shooters, capable three-point shooters in RJ, Cormac, and Harrison Ingram. But this team isn't setting records for their ability to shoot the long ball. And so, um, you know, there needs to be – uh, a reasserted effort to get the ball inside first to Armando Baycott, drive the ball with your guards, and then get to the offensive glass and create second-chance opportunities. It's when Carolina basketball is at its best. It's been that way since Coach Smith, certainly under Coach Williams, and even now under Coach Davis. Like When Carolina is getting to the foul line, I say it all the time, it's the most efficient play in basketball. You're scoring um, you know, uh, against a defense that isn't set with the clock stopped, it can't be more efficient than that. Um, and going nine of eleven just isn't isn't good enough. The percentage is good enough, but if Carolina gets there twenty, twenty four, twenty six times, it's probably a different result on Saturday or on Tuesday night. And so, um, starting with this game and then moving forward, Carolina's got to get back to being the aggressor and being the team that's forcing the issue and getting to the free throw line early and often. Well, something that uh, we, we've talked about uh, we've talked about a lot here in the recent you know weeks is Carolina's ability and, and their chances of winning an ACC regular season championship. Um, you know they they jumped out to a 9-0 start and had really really established control of the regular season race, but this two and three stretch has uh, closed the door and now Duke sits just half a game behind them. And you've got to go return game at Cameron in March. And and Virginia is just a game behind them. And you go to Charlottesville next weekend. Both of those games are going to have an, uh, they're going to impact the regular season race. And Hubert Davis talked about how and why it is important for them to win an ACC regular season title. It's important. It means something. Yeah. It means something to us. It means something to this program. Um, and I let the guys know that it's been since 2019, since I think we were co-champions with Virginia. It's the last right. time that regular season and 17 was your out. 17 was out, right? Um, Coach Page's uh, senior year, and um, it means something. It means a great deal to us. 
And one of the things that I told the guys is, is, is to, um, there's two things. One, you have to know where you are. And so I let them know where we were in terms of 19 and six. And we're currently as this moment, still first place in the ACC at, at, at 11 and three. And so let them know where we are, but also what we're fighting for. And that means a great deal to me and a great deal to us um, in terms of being um, having an opportunity and a chance to compete for a regular season ACC title. We'll go back to back. And with this two and three stretch in the last five games, he was asked if he's had to reinforce that message and the importance of winning an ACC regular season championship. No, I, I mean, it's not reinforced. I mean, you know, as as experienced as our group is, they've never been in this position before. Armando and RJ have never been in this position before. In mid-February, first place in ACC. Hey, Cormac and Harrison and James and Pax, they've never been in this position before. So, you know, every day to, to get them to understand what's at stake, what is real, and what's important, and when it's time to go. But you guys are trying to get me fired up here. <laughs> go ahead with it. No, no, but I, I, I can. But uh, the bad part about it is I'm 53 and I can't play. But this means something, a great deal. <laughs> and they know it. <laughs> you got to love hearing how how fired up that he gets and how important like you 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 can feel that in that message there that um you know he he knows what it's like to 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 play and, and win ACC regular season championships and and you want that to still be valued and that's what separates Carolina from Duke Carolina values the 20 game regular season Duke values a 5 day tournament um, and there's nothing wrong with that because they, 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 you know, it's worked out well for both parties. But he's also right when he when he was honest about Armando's never been here, RJ's never been here. These are these are guys that yes mean a lot to us in the program, but they still have never won an ACC regular season championship. Um, and so a lot of this is a learning experience for them. It's it's odd to say that considering they're fourth-year players, but it's the facts. They've, they've never once uh, been in this situation. And so same thing with a Cormac Ryan at Notre Dame and a Harrison Ingram when they were at Stanford, like when the, where they were at before, they weren't competing to win ACC or, you know, conference regular season championships. And so, um, you know, I love that Coach Davis values it because I value it. It means a lot. Um, you know, going five years of that one, it, it, you know, it's it's a drought um, to us Carolina fans, and it's another sign of just how spoiled we are, uh, seeing how often, you know, we, we got used to seeing them win the ACC regular season. But um, it does mean a lot. And for guys like Armando and RJ that are trying to, to find ways to, to really define their legacy, that goes a long way. Um, and Carolina's got that half-game lead, and everything is still in front of them. Everything they want to achieve is still in front of them, um, and, and it starts with this game against Virginia Tech for them to finish the deal and get the first ACC regular season championship 
back in Chapel Hill since 2019. The next the next opponent that's uh, that Carolina's looking to knock off on their way to winning that ACC regular season title is the Virginia Tech Hokies. Um, and Mike Young's a really really good head coach. We've talked about that. We know what we know what to expect from them. They're headlined by a veteran backcourt and Sean Padula and Hunter Couture and Hubert Davis talked about what stands out to uh, what stands out about that experienced backcourt for Mike Young. Oh, I mean, there's a number of things. I mean, they're terrific players, uh, experienced. Uh, um, it's not just their ability to be able to shoot and score, but you know, they're basketball players. The way that they distribute, uh, handle the basketball, set screens. Um, they've been successful throughout their career because they check a number of the boxes. They're also um, impactful on the defensive end and, you know, the way that they, um, how hard they play on every possession on both ends of the floor is something that um, um, that they've consistently done throughout their career. And, and that's why they're accomplished players. It's typically why, you know, you don't want to play Virginia Tech this time of the year because of, how experienced they are. They're going to be a pain in the butt because they're so well coached. Um, and it looked like a month or so ago that they were going to be looking toward, looking like a team that was going to be heading to the NCAA tournament. And look, they, the next two games for them at Carolina, and I don't know if the Virginia game's a home game or, an, or a road game, but they win both of those games. They put themselves in the conversation. Um, and so then they're aware of that, even at 14 and 10 and 6 and 7. And so Carolina's got to be ready to play and understand that these are two guys that have been around the block. Their time is coming to an end, kind of like it is for Armando and RJ. They want a chance to get back to the big dance. For that to happen, they got to beat Carolina. They'll be, they'll be motivated to come in and play the best game they've played all season long. Another thing about this matchup, and this is the reality uh, in new college athletics, is Carolina's going up against a former teammate in Tyler Nickel. Tyler was a freshman last year who was one of the many guys to transfer out of the program. Um, as Schubert Davis overhauled, uh, you know, the roster after last year's disappointing season. And Coach Davis talks about what he sees in Tyler when he looks at him on film. Well, I mean, just you know, the the film that I've only seen is in preparation to Virginia Tech, and um, you know, I'm very proud of. Nick and you know his success that he's had at um, Virginia Tech and um, that's something that really brings me joy to my heart I want every kid to have an unbelievable college experience and I'm glad that he's having a really good year for him look I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you of all the guys that transferred out you know Tyler didn't hurt as much as losing a guy like Puff who was a fan favorite a legacy player or even a guy like DeMarco Dunn who Felt like he had the opportunity, had he stayed, to really carve out a, a, a nice role for himself on the team this year. But you know, Tyler is a gifted player, is a gifted shooter. Would love to have that shooting on the roster, but um, you know, we 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 wished him all the the best luck and success when he transferred out. It was pretty clear he was going back home to Virginia. It just mattered which Virginia program he was going to. And it's it's nice to see that there there are no hard feelings, uh, because there are some coaches that would that that are holding grudges and will hold a grudge in the future. In the future, when a player transfers out of the program and goes to a better situation uh, for themselves, and so you know, hopefully, 
Nickel doesn't have um, a career day tomorrow. Hopefully, Nickel doesn't have the type of game that could help Virginia Tech get a win over Carolina. But we are wishing him the best luck and 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 all the success in the world during his time with the Hokies. Well, with that, guys, that's going to wrap up this edition of the show. But before I let you go for good, I got to sneak in a word from one of our partners. Hey there, Josh here for the Autograph Fandom app. Want to get rewarded for listening to our show? The team at Autograph, co-founded by Tom Brady, is redefining the fan experience by letting users earn points for the acts of fandom they take every day, like listening to this show. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to your favorite UNC content in one place and offers rewards like tickets, exclusive merchandise, and much more. You're already listening to our show, but now you can earn points and get rewarded for it. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Fandom Rewarded and download it today for free using the referral code HEELTOUGH. Link and code are also in our podcast description. Head over to the Apple App Store, guys. Top in, or search the autograph fan the map. Use that promo code and help us help you. Um, you know, you spend and invest a lot of time and money um, as a fan. It's time that uh, you get rewarded for being a fan, and that's what the autograph fan the map is all about. Well, with that, guys, it is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Before we let you go, we do encourage you to visit the website, HeelToughBlog.com, where uh, we get you covered and get you ready for the game against Virginia Tech. Uh, that, that The preview article will be on the website on Friday night. And then, of course, the recap will come your way shortly once the game goes final on Saturday afternoon. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting app, simply search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up. Or there we do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, it is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I do want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that!